you don't have a private prayer life, when we come together corporately, not much will happen. And so we're going to teach on that. I'm going to teach on that tonight. I'm going to give us maybe 15, 20 minutes to actually spend time with the Lord. And then Marie's going to come up and we're going to shift into corporate prayer time. So I'll teach for 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes. I'll give you guys 15, 20 minutes to spend time with the Lord, get into the secret place with him. And then Marie will come up and shift us into uh, some corporate prayer time. Does that work? Amen. Let's pray and um, get your Bibles, get your Bibles out, get your journals out, and let's pray. Father, we come before you tonight in the name of Jesus. And Father, I'm asking that you would release a spirit of prayer upon this church. That your son Jesus said, your house shall be called a house of prayer. Father, we're asking that you would pour out your spirit upon us to help us to pray. Father, we are praying and asking that you would expose our prayerlessness and that you would draw us into a deeper realm of prayer and communion and fellowship with you. Father, I just pray for those who are living under condemnation and shame and guilt when it comes to the place of prayer. God, I ask that you would wash over them, that you would cleanse them, that this would be a new year, a new day for them. And God, I'm asking for your spirit to come and teach, come and to instruct, come and help. Holy Spirit, I ask for your help tonight to teach and to release your word. Father, we just make room for you tonight. We want to see your glory. We want to see your kingdom come. We want to see your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Open up to Matthew 6. So if you're taking notes and you want a title for tonight's teaching, it's, um, the title is The Secret Place. <clears throat> if you know me, I'm, I'm one guy, I'm, I'm more introverted, so when it comes to the secret place, Sometimes it comes more naturally from me because I like to get away. I like to be by myself. If you're extroverted, you're probably, you probably wrestle when it comes to the secret place because you want to be around people. You want to be active and be talking. But the secret place for me over, you know, once I got saved, it, it somewhat came natural in some ways. In other ways, it did not come natural, and I had to really fight for it. But it has been the place of, of life for me. I would say that... God the Father has fathered me more than anyone, and he's done it in the secret place. So I know it's, we want spiritual fathers and mothers. We want people to pour into us. That's good. That's, that's helpful. But I would say to you, the primary father in my life has been God, and it's been in the secret place with him. It's been when no one else is around, and I'm confused. My emotions are up and down, and what's your will? I don't know. I'd get encouragement from so-and-so, but really, when I locked in with God in the secret place, that's when his, his fathering hand came over me. So when I think of the secret place, I don't think of it as like, oh gosh, this is so draining. This is so boring. And I, I do have those moments, but I think for some of us, we think of you know, going to the place of prayer, and it's like, oh gosh, uh, 
It's boring. It's tiring. It's draining. Uh, hopefully, by the end of this teaching, you're going to look at the secret place in a, in, a, in a new way. And what has helped me has been Matthew 6, 6. But it's really important that we, that you establish a private place with the Lord. When you look up that word secret place, there's a, there's, there's a couple different translations. One of the translations is the word chamber. And that word chamber is found in two places. It's found in Matthew 6, which we're about to read. It's also found in Acts 1. So Jesus says, go into your chamber. What he's saying is go into your inner room. In Acts 1... The disciples, they went into the upper chamber. They went into the upper room. So Jesus establishes the inner room before he establishes the upper room. So we come to corporate meetings, which is good, but I really want to put my finger on your private life. Just, I want the Lord to bring, the light, uh, bring into light what our private lives really look like. So the inner room precedes the upper room. The secret place precedes the corporate place. You cannot exercise upper room power and authority if you have not experienced inner room activity. If there's nothing going on in the secret place, not, not much will happen out here. That's the frustration on, on Sunday morning sometime. We want, Lord, we want to begin declaring the manifold wisdom of God to principalities and powers, and half the room is in, half the room is out. Half got time with the Lord that week, the other half, they're just coming for the first time to get time with the Lord. That has to be totally shift, shifted in our mindsets. So when you think about the secret place, you think about the inner room, you think about the chamber, I would ask you, where is that at in your life? Yes, it's in our hearts, it's wherever we go, but I think you need to establish a literal place, a real place in your home. Some people say, I, dry, I pray on the way to work, I get time with the Lord on the way to work. Yes, that's good, I know you do. But the Lord is wanting to give all of himself to us. So we need to give all of ourselves to him. And you can't do that when you're driving. Let's look at Matthew 5, verse 6. Let's look, look at verse uh, 5 through 6. So the Pharisees, we're going to see our prime example of what I'm talking about. Jesus says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Do you notice what Jesus says? He says the Pharisees love to pray. So if you came here tonight and you say, Man, I love to pray, and you got your green beret on, and you're just, you're the elite. Jesus said the Pharisees love to pray. They, they come to the synagogue, they, on the street corner, they come to church on Sundays, and they just want the mic and they want to pray in front of everyone and show them how powerful they are, how cool they are. And don't we do that too? And the Lord is not impressed with that. 
So loving, just loving to pray doesn't necessarily make us special. It's loving God in the secret place. That's, that's going to make us real special in the eyes of the Lord. We're standing in the synagogues, on the corners. Jesus says in Matthew 15, he says, They draw near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. How does he know their hearts are far from him? Because when, he, when Jesus is in the secret place waiting for them, they're nowhere to be found. How does Jesus know the Pharisees' hearts are far from him? He can't find them in the secret place. He finds them everywhere else, but in that one little room, they're not there. Let's go on to verse 6. He says, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So where does Jesus tell us the Father is at? Where is the Father at? Where is the Father at? Okay, so when you think about private prayer, you think about the secret place, your first thought should be, the Father is there. That, I mean, for me, that totally encourages me. Because usually we feel condemnation and guilt for not praying. We're like, oh gosh, I can't pray. I don't want to pray. I feel bad. So we stay away. But if your first thought is, the Father's there. I haven't been there in six months, and he's in there waiting for me. He should have left me by now, honestly. But he's in there. He's waiting on you. So wherever in your house you pray, for me, it's either next to my bed or in the spare bedroom. So I think about when I'm making my way there, the Father is there. I don't have to muster this up. I don't have to pray in tongues for 10 hours. I don't have to, like, get the feel-goods. I just remind myself, renew my mind. The Father is in the secret place. Jesus, you told me that. This is, I'm not, I don't have to make it up. It's true. You said he's there. You said he sees in the secret place. So there, as I mentioned, there are several different um, ways to say secret place there's innermost chamber there's most private room there's the secret and well-guarded place there's the storeroom and the closet but the one of the the definitions here the storeroom i want to look at that for a second because this once again i think this is going to help to draw you into the secret place so the lord said he's saying here when you pray go into your storeroom so in the first century, every house had a storeroom. In each storeroom, this was a place where supplies are divided and apportioned. It is here where the servant or the steward takes his seat. The storeroom contained all the important tools and supplies that a family needed most in order to provide for their family and to survive. So if there's, there's any room in the house that is the most important, it's the storeroom. 
This is the place where there are supplies, where you can garden, where you can do things with the farm. But also, it's the place where there's oil, there's grain, there's wine. And Jesus says, this is the secret place. So if I look into your life, I look into your spiritual life, there's a storeroom in your life, and you are the steward. So to think about people who get burnt out, I'm thinking, well, in your secret place, in your storeroom, there's a lot of stuff in there. You probably haven't been there in a while. That's probably why we're tired, where we're, quote, unquote, burned out. You're not going to the secret place where all the, all the good stuff is at. There's treasures. Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 4, he says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. So in your secret place, you are the steward, and there's mysteries in there, and the Lord He's giving you permission to handle those things, to look at those things, to meet with him, to talk about these very things. Matthew 13, 52 says this, A disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. I mean, have you ever thought, of like, thought this way when it came to your secret prayer life? I mean, seriously, most of the time it's draining. It's, oh, gosh, I don't even know what to pray, what I'm going to do in there. Here's what one man says, an early church father. He says this, regardless of how things look in the rest of the house, if provisions are dwindling in the storeroom, the life of the household cannot continue for long without being endangered. The storeroom is the room of truth. The space that either ensures the continuing well-being of the family or threatens to wreck it. He says, the Father is there in my storeroom, eager to replenish the supply of life and grace needful to me and those around me. Lord, renew our minds. This is the secret place. This is the storeroom. This is the place where, look in, in Matthew 6, he goes on to say in verse 8, he says, For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. This is why the secret place must precede the corporate place. You have needs, you have wants. The Lord is saying, find it in the secret place. Jesus is okay with you asking for things. You need peace. You need grace. You need the Father's love, whatever the need is. Jesus tells us continually in the Gospels to ask. Anything that you need for kingdom life and kingdom work, Jesus says, ask. Okay, I don't know if you guys believe me. He says this, in the Gospels, he says, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and do not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says uh, will be done, 
He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Matthew 7, he says, to ask, seek, and knock. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who? John 14, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name. John 15, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you may bear much fruit. Also in John 15, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. Again, in John 16, he's, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Not talking about, you guys know, I'm not talking about asking for a, you know, a Lamborghini, 10-story house. I'm not talking about that talking about real spiritual needs in your life. Things that are necessary for you to live for Jesus Christ, for his kingdom, for his glory, for his name, for his will, for his word. Jesus tells us to ask. So when you go in that room, what are you asking? Are you even asking? What's going on in there? So, the secret place. Um, Grace, can you go in my office and grab a, there's a book by Andrew Murray. Can you, yeah, it's on my desk. Can you grab that real quick? So, Matthew 6. Let's look at this again. Matthew 6, 6. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, Pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Do you know that the secret place, according to Psalm 91, is where the Father cast his shadow? It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So when you are in the secret place, you need to remember the shadow of God is over you. He's there. He is there. I, can, I promise you, the Father is in there. Here's what Andrew Murray has to say. Christians often complain that their private life is not what it should be. They feel weak and sinful, and their hearts are cold and dark. It is as if they have no faith or joy in what little they have to pray about. They are discouraged and cut from prayer by the thought that they cannot come to the Father as they ought to or as they wish. Child of God, listen to your teacher. He tells you that when you go to private prayer, your first thought must be that the Father is waiting for you there in secret. Don't let a cold and prayerless heart keep you from the presence of a loving Father. The Lord is concerned about you the way a father is concerned about his children. Do not think about how little you have to give to God, but about how much he wants to give to you. 
Just place yourself before his face and look up into it. Think of his wonderful, tender, concerned love. Tell him how sinful, cold, and dark everything is. The Father's loving heart will give light and warmth to yours. Do what Jesus said. Just shut the door and pray to the Father in secret. Isn't it wonderful to be able to go alone to the infinite God? Just look up and say, my Father. And here's the thing. I'm learning. I'm unashamed in asking God of things. Unashamed. The reason I'm unashamed and I'm I'm becoming more unashamed in asking him for things is because I know I need him. When you know that you need the peace of God in your life, when you know that you need the Father in your life, you will ask. You won't feel guilty. You won't feel bad. A humble, contrite spirit God will not despise. If we have a humble spirit, if we have a broken spirit, truly, we will ask and he will provide. He really will. So here's what I want to do. I want us to take the next 15 minutes or so. We're going to put some music on. And I want you just to begin fellowshipping with the Father. If you need to space out a little bit, we can do that. Marie will eventually call us, we'll come back up and, and call us closer together. But for some of you, it's you haven't been in a secret place with the Lord for some time. So that's probably going to be the initial maybe conversation with the Father. But I, I want to I say this too before we, we do this, is that in the secret place, my experience is that the Father has always dealt with me within a realm of peace. Meaning, if I come in and I got all this sin in my life and I know I'm not right with God, there's a realm of peace with him. He's not like freaking out, going crazy, wondering what's going on. He has peace and he draws me in. There's an an atmosphere in in the secret place with the Lord where he is the prince of peace. So some of you, you don't, in the secret place, you don't have any grid for that. That's what the Lord wants you to begin to learn. Even as he speaks to you, you know it's his voice when there's peace with it. So, for the next 15 minutes or so, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to give us some time to connect with the Lord. And like I said, the reason, the reason we're doing this, I know some of us can say, well, we should do it at home. Yes, that's true. But I want to do it today, right now, before we even go into corporate prayer. Because when we go into corporate prayer, we're not going to be praying for your needs. We're going to be praying about other things. So if you have any needs right now, the Father's here. Let's get your stuff out the way so that we can focus on other things. Amen?